Hello and welcome to episode 150 of Beyond the Weight with Henny and Sandy. Henny. Yes. Let me tell you. So I was out for lunch today with three ladies. And um, so, you know, that's all good and fine or whatever. And so the um, the waiter came up and he was speaking in Spanish, but even though they had an English menu also online. Um, and then he was speaking very fast and and I have two two of the ladies who are pretty good at Spanish, but I could even I could tell that there was like a deer in the headlight, like she was trying to. The information was coming very fast, right? As she was computing, so then he switched to he switched to English, and we we're like, okay. oh, okay, great. So that's all good. Anyways, we get our meal and we have our meal and whatever, and then. Um, one person gets up to go to the washroom. There's three of us, and we've asked for the the bill. And so this the waiter comes over, and he's like, "Is your name blah blah?" And I'm like, "Pardon?" And he's like, "Is your name?" And I I can't understand. And then the ladies go, "He wants to know if you're Jamie Lee Curtis." Oh my! <laughs> goodness. I have had one of those in a long time. And then I was, you know, again, like my hair is like six weeks out of a haircut. So you know what it's like. You try and like, it takes everything just to try and keep it so it looks like it's not like an overgrown mess on your head. And the fact that I've been having really bad hot flashes, and so that just like goes right up to my head and then makes it damp, and then it's even worse. And I've got I've gotten to the point. So anyone who's listening that has short hair, there does come a point when if you switch the side of your part, if you have a part, okay, that you can you can get another week or so out of your haircut. Okay, so you you have told me this as a person with short hair myself. You have told me this more than once, but Sandy, I have never remembered that because I have never actually tried to put my like to put my hair in the other like yeah. on the other side and when you color your hair it actually changes that too yeah I've I've which I've, it would right yeah of course of course so so now like the last so I've made an appointment for tomorrow and the reason is like I've let it go that long is because now I'm having to work backwards from May 28th which is the wedding for cuts um, I need to have my highlights done again at some point in there okay. so there's a lot of this and this is exactly why there was that short period where I stopped dyeing my hair at all mm. because it's a lot to manage yeah. now it's not so bad because before it was like I did color and then I also did highlights so it was three yeah. it was I I I don't have the capacity most no. times to like figure all this out so yeah. any anywho um so I'm going tomorrow but but you know what happens then you look and you're like hey my hair looks really good and then some random guy is like are you and then I can see this, people like who work there on their phone I'm like saying to the ladies I'm like I think people are like taking my photo like I Oh, like my goodness. Goodness. you should just start like signing autographs <laughs> I you know I really I really should I wonder if I could get free shit like maybe I should just turn into that. <laughs> maybe I, I bet you you could. Like I bet you that lunch that you had, <laughs> it oh. might not have cost you what it did. Yeah, it was pricey. That's and such I'm, a fun story. <laughs> it, and it was like I. It hasn't happened in a while, so it felt really good. I think the last time it happened was when we had Nevea and Riley at Center Island this summer, and okay. those. 
I could see like people looking like this, these two women. And I was like, you know, you get to the point, I'm like, what the F are you looking at? So, funny. you know, so, and then she comes over and she's like, oh my God, we were actually taking photos. So they, that's what they were doing. I could see. And then, then looking her up and comparing. Oh my gosh. I remember you telling me about that. So funny. That's really, really hilarious. So what does it feel like to be a celebrity lookalike? You know, like it feels it when it happens, it feels good because okay. I'm like, huh, okay. Yeah. I mean, why? Okay. Let's, there, uh, there let's... are, there are, there are uglier people <laughs> in this planet that someone could think you look like. Okay. But then I was like, look at what I'm wearing today. Do you really think Jamie Lee Curtis, like, because here's the other thing is that yesterday was a very, very good day. And my post-surgery progress, because I got rid of my boot and now I just have this uh, little, like a brace. Thank you. That's another B word. It's a brace, (laughs) but it's made of neoprene and it's skin tone. And I, and I was told you can only put it on with running shoes. But I was going to a nice restaurant where I'm going to wear. And I got to wear freaking sneakers. So I look like a, like a hot mess. I have like, you know, these silly looking sneakers on with pants that I, I can get over the brace right. on. I mean, it's a whole look. It really is. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure. Jamie Curtis is going to be wearing that in Peru. I'm sure you looked just fine. And, you know, mm. celebrities are just like us. They're so just may- people. Too. So maybe she would be, you know, dressed yeah. just like you too. But here's the funny thing is because I understand that I do have a hairstyle yeah. that has had. I do. And when now that I have like the highlights in because she allowed herself to go completely gray very early. Right. And... So I get that. But what's really interesting is that I only look like Jamie Lee Curtis at a certain point in her life. Like Mm. when you see her now, I don't think I look like Jamie Lee Curtis currently. Right, right. But the the picture of Jamie Lee Curtis now is not the picture that most people have in their heads of her, right? I, I, whatever, I'm not sure what movie they watched. Like it's not a fish called Wanda because she was very young there. Like. Is it Freaky Friday? No, because I think she had reddish hair in there. She but, did. But, but that is how that is when it first started. Was with Freaky Friday with kids like my daughter's friends. Interesting. Because it was that was when it came out. Yeah, she, I don't know. Jess was it, in grade four, and that is when people started saying that I. Okay. They said your mom looks like Freaky Friday. Oh. <laughs> That doesn't that doesn't have the same ring as your mom looks yeah. like Jamie Lee Curtis. Can you imagine? Your mom looks like Freaky Friday. Like that woman yeah. is freaky. Yeah, I can be freaky on any day. I can be freaky Sunday. I can be freaky Monday. I'm a seven day a week freak. But, oh my good. But anyways, but anyways, I mean it's been a long time. Wendy Mesley, I got I got once that someone thought I looked like Wendy Mesley. You're the lady off the news. Some old man. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Okay. What an argument to be in the middle of. <laughs> in the grocery store. No, I'm not. <laughs> but, but, but thank you. Pretty sure I'm not. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, that was super fun because it, it seems to happen right when I need it, you know? Yeah, yeah. For a little okay. for a little pick me up. For a little pick me up. And then the two two of the women I'm with, they look and they're like, huh. 
I never thought about that, but now you actually do. <laughs> so it was quite funny. It's really and, cute. That's really cute. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, anyway. and when things like that, ha I mean, there's a bunch of things happening there because when a thing like that happens, number one, it, it makes you feel good because it's like, oh, this person thinks that I look like this person who is a person that I think is, you know, attractive or pretty or, yeah. you know, and so they think I look like that. That's cool. But then also yeah. it happened in the, like, in a social gathering. And so now you and those people you were with lunch, you had lunch with now have this like little story. Yeah. Exactly. You know, not, it's not an inside joke, but it's the same sort of idea that you have this shared experience that is like something that I'm sure when you get together again, it will be like, Oh my goodness. Remember the time when, you know, and so yeah. those kind of instances yeah. are nice to have with people. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was, it was fun. Uh, it, it was a fun thing. So, um, but my foot, so my foot, so I'm doing my anti-gravity treadmill. Yes. And I don't know if I've talked about that yet. I knew, I think I talked that I was going to, but I don't Correct. know if I said the experience. No. So, so I you remember the day you were going to have it done. I sent you, a. um, Yes. A bit emoji of me dressed yeah. like an astronaut because cool. when you say anti-gravity treadmill, that's what I imagine. I imagine you dressed as if you're going to outer space, you know, bouncing along on the moon. Yeah. So I think that what needs to happen is when I go tomorrow, I need someone to take a photo of me so that we can post it with this episode. Ooh, I would love that. So basically what it is, is you get into like, um, for like a half a wetsuit, like a shorty wetsuit. Yeah. And then it's got, um, so it just comes up just below your waist. And then it has like a big, um, really thick plastic outer ring that's got a, like an industrial strength zipper. And so I have to step into the treadmill. So mm -hmm. there's like, I step into it and then there's, then it gets pulled up. So I'm in a, in the circle and then they zip it up. And then there's actually this big lock that goes across. So like a lever lock. And then I have to hit start and then it's calibrates. So as it's calibrating, it's filling with air. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's adjusting based on my weight, my body weight, mm -hmm. but it lifts up. It fills up so much honey that it lifts me right up into my tiptoes. Like my tip of my toes are just touching. And then okay. it comes down as it's calibrating and figuring my weight out. And then, and then it's ready. So, and at that point, the person who's my physio guy, he, mm -hmm. he has a whole thing set up. And then, so he'll start changing the uh, amount of body weight that I'm actually using. Oh, so, okay. Oh, yeah. So if it, he might put it up 40% of my body weight and then he may um, start like the incline will change, then he hits it and has me going in reverse on the treadmill. But mm -hmm. really, um, uh, like as I'm stepping backwards, I have to be very deliberate with like toe, midfoot, heel, mm -hmm. walking yeah. back each way, um, and then forward. And then I'm doing like calf raises. I'm yeah. doing like one legged, uh, almost like a squat down. Okay. Okay. Has had then. Sometimes we put something inside of it where I step on it and I have to rock back and forth on one leg. So it's all about 
building up the strength in the ankle joint mm-hmm. without having a hundred percent just to see how much pain the your pain threshold and stuff is. So I have not experienced any pain. So okay. they one they think that I have a high tolerance to pain. So right. that it's not that I'm not having any pain. I don't think I'm it's having just that pain. you're not registering it as pain. Yeah, it doesn't feel like pain. It's a little discomfort. If it was yeah. on a scale of one to ten, it the the most I've felt is a two. Okay. So so now anyway, so then he's been, you know, each I've gone four times, he increases it each time. Right. Um and so, you know, so that's been that's been kind of an interesting thing. But yeah. when I went to see I saw the surgeon last night and when he saw me walking in there, like he he said Okay, let me look. So he's like looking at my feet and he he just said to Phil, he said, she's she's like an athlete. That's why she's she's recovered so quickly. He said, some people come at this point, they're still with crutches. And so I was like, that really felt good. And I know we spoke about this um, yeah. earlier about taking care of yourself. And, yeah. and sometimes you don't really think that they're like, what, are, what is that like a bigger picture advantage to doing yeah. it? Yeah. And so for me, you know, like when we came home last night and said to feel like it's only been actually I go in and the, and the doctor says it's been one month and 20 days since your surgery <laughs> 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 or just over seven weeks. I mean, that's what I was counting. But, okay. Um, okay. One, one month and 20 days. That works yeah. also. <laughs> yeah. Although that's kind of a funny way to measure time, actually, because months aren't all the same. Exactly. Weeks is more accurate, but whatever. Okay. Yeah, I know. I was like, okay. Um, And uh, and then he said he'd been talking to the physio doctor and um, that they're very pleased with everything. And and yeah. And so he said you can go and we have to wear a running shoe. He said no running. He's always like no no running yet. I said I know. Phil, he's like, I said, I understood, but he said, I know, of course, I know that. Um, But, uh, but yeah, she said, just, just see how things go and that, you know, I am going to feel discomfort and pain. Like today, I, I think I have 10,000 steps in today and I can feel it. So that's, that's why I'm recording in bed again, because now I have my foot up just to give it a bit of a rest and and stuff. But I, I do have, I'm so pleased. I really am so pleased. Yeah, you should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anywho, anywho, that's it. That's that's enough about about that. But it's been it's been a good experience. So yeah, that's exciting, great. great. <laughs> yes, very yes. very pleased about all of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you ready to dive into real mm. food, fake food? Oh my gosh. Okay. First of all, before that, let me just say that I'm re- I'm listening to oh, real yeah. fake yeah, yeah. food. Yeah, yeah. Go for so- it. And also Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown at the same time. I'm taking it next level by listening to two audiobooks at the same time, going back and forth between the two. And I mean, it's easy to take, you know, I can keep them straight in my head because one's about food and one's about emotions. So, right. but, but let's, well, I don't know. I've eaten a donut and felt some pretty strong emotions before <laughs> so so there is you could mix up food and emotion I, pretty I easily <laughs> I, okay I could. so here so next level readership yeah. <laughs> sandy has sandy has made it listening to two audiobooks at the same time so yep. some questions about this number one yes. mm-hmm. why 
why because because they were i because all of a sudden you know i mean you know what it's like i don't have all that many things on hold but then i got i was getting a whole bunch of things coming up i know so so anyways and i really wanted to listen to the Brene brown one partially though it's because um the guy who reads the the fake food real food his voices i find a little annoying might have something to do because I have it on 1.25. Okay. So that, that could be it. And you know, I have a sensitivity to bad voices. You do. And so that might have something to do with it. But I also just think it's a, it was the, the, um, the, the content of the book and like what the book's about. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of information. And I mean, I'm fascinated, terrified, disgusted. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of, I am feeling a lot of emotions and maybe that's why I need to hear Atlas of the Heart because that is where the emotional, this is the thing, ding, ding, ding. This is the connection here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This is, this is interesting because I regularly have multiple books out of the library or like in my vicinity at the same time or, you know, at the same time, but when it, but I'm rarely reading multiple books at the same time mm, you know yes. what I mean like like I yeah. it's not it's it's actually it's quite common for me to have a physical book on the go as well as an audiobook okay or an ebook and an audiobook at the same time yeah. but mm-hmm. very rarely if ever do I have two audiobooks that I'm going back and forth with really yeah okay. I'm I am like I'll spend two or three days reading it, like listening to an entire uh, audiobook, and then return that one and then start the next one and then return that one and then start the next one. Okay. So it's interesting to me that you've got the two on the go. However, as soon as you started explaining why it was that you had the, like that you were going back mm-hmm. and forth, that makes perfect sense to me because I did find I don't know it was some time ago that I was like reading a lot of books that were similar like similar and and heavy and dense and um disturbing is not the right word but yeah bothersome kind of information that at one point I remember like I finished a book and I was like I am exhausted like and I thought you know what I just need something light and frivolous and you know and so I so now I know that I and I do a much better job of alternating back and forth between and I read some like I read two or three nonfiction books and then I throw in a fiction or I read something that is about something that is uh, more of a heavy topic, something about racism, something about homophobia, something that I, you know, something that is a a world issue that I'm interested in. And then like, I'll read a book about nutrition or, you know, and then sort of swap back and forth between things because Mm -hmm. you do, you need a a palate cleanser. Yeah. And, and I also, that's what I use podcasts for too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so like tomorrow, Wednesday morning is always hypochondriactor because it's just ridiculous most of the time. I mean, it's interesting stuff, but it's short and I can get it while I'm prepping before we go for a walk or whatever. And so, you know, I look forward to that. Um, 
and some other ones, but I'm, but I also, I'm listening to some series of like podcast series. Right. Um, and so sometimes when I do that, then I just let them continue. If, the, if, I've, if I've got access to all of them, I just let them like flood into one another, which is almost kind of becomes like a mini book, right? Well, that's it. It's like, exactly. It's like listening to an audio book. Yeah. Yeah. And I just found that there's a new one by David Ridgen that I've missed somehow. Oh. And you know how much I love that guy. I, I love know. his voice. I love the way he interviews. I he's, love everything. He's the host of Someone Knows Something. Yes, he is. Which was so there's, good. There's another one right now. And it's about a young mother who's been only been missing since 2017. So it's relatively new. And do you know the other one that I'm listening to right now is huh. it's the um, she also worked for CBC. She's she was a, a broadcaster with one of the Canadian broadcasters who was um, was in a very abusive marriage. And mm. she's just recently actually started talking about it. Um, but she most of her career like that's where she ended up focusing on so many times she interviewed women who were oh. in abusive relationships um it is called welcome to paradise okay and it is anna maria tremalte i think is what her name is okay great it's it's very good it's <sighs> it's very good yeah yeah, welcome to paradise. I have way too many things on at sometimes um, at a time. There was something else that I was going to ask you about reading your two, like listening to your two books at the same time, mm-hmm. but it's gone now. Okay, <laughs> I will say though confession. Yeah. Uh, so it was so Sandy, you're the one who found this book that we're that we're now both reading called Real Food, Fake Food. And yep. it's by Larry Olmstead. And so you found it and were quite a ways through it and sent it to me and said, like, look this up. And so I've started it as well. Mm-hmm. I had barely started it. And I thought to myself, I'm surprised Sandy is as far as she is because I don't think she likes this voice. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. And the only reason I thought that is because I am 99% sure that we have listened to another book with this narrator. Okay. And I remember you saying that you didn't like the voice. And I was surprised because I find him quite a pleasant narrator. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm telling you, I was maybe 20 minutes in and I thought, wow. Oh, Sandy's made it really far for this voice because I don't think she likes him. <laughs> I don't. Do you listen to him? What speed do you listen to? 1.75. 1.75? Yeah. No wonder you get through books so freaking. You know, you're like, you're, you're like, you know, like what they say about, you know, some government employees, like, you know, you're so, you're so, um, what do they say? <laughs> They, what did they say? This, and my brother-in-law who works for the government, this is what he always says it like, you know, we are so, oh, geez, what's the word? Not proficient. You're so, you get the work done so quickly, you know. Efficient? 
yeah, I, that's not it. But anyways, you know, like we uh, instead of we, we start at work eight to five, but we're finished at four o'clock every day. You know, oh, like you get yeah. paid till then, but we get the work done super quick. Right. No wonder right. you're you're listening to an eight hour book and you're cutting it down to five. Now things are clear, listener. Do you understand? Because if you're if if you're thinking like I do sometimes and be like, I don't have a lot of things on my plate. Henny's got a lot of things. A ton of how things. in the heck does she listen to so much? I, a ton of things. Okay, well I will tell you. A few one point seven five. It's like, <laughs> you know what it is? It's because she so she so so loves Disney, and now everybody sounds like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Okay, so it depends. I can't listen. Two things I will tell you. One, oh, I can't listen Lord. to everything at one point seven five. Like I adjust the depending on who's speaking, I adjust the the um the speed. Okay, anywhere mm-hmm. between one point two and like I think the fastest I ever listened to something was. 1.9 so that's I'll, ridiculous so i'll adjust the speed according to the narrator because some narrators and i know tim's laughing because he always complains that i speak too slowly but some narrators speak very slowly and they have lots of pauses between their sentences and so i'm like let's move this along and so i need to bump it up <laughs> but other other narrators speak quite quickly and I'm like and they're and like you said it's like like Mickey Mouse and I'm like back it up slow down so that's the one thing I will tell you oh the goodness. other thing okay. I will tell you is that when I started listening to audio books I also like I couldn't listen faster than 1.25 okay the more I listen to books the more I I'm the the it's not you built your tolerance up to it this is not even a tolerance i I don't even think it's a skill i think it's just a familiarity like when you get used when you're more used to hearing the sound that way maybe i don't know but it all it it all depends on who is the speaker mostly what the subject matter is makes a difference Mm -hmm. like sometimes i have to slow it down because i need to concentrate more this book isn't really one that you have to concentrate a whole lot on. Um, And then the other thing is too, that if I have my headphones in and I'm listening to the sound right in my ear, that's very different than if like my phone is just playing and I'm like wandering around. Fair. Right. So, so it's all these sort of little things that Mm -hmm. make a difference, but. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. But, but that, but that is, that is a way that I can, you know, Mm-hmm. get through something a little bit faster okay you know things i learn after all this time <laughs> but like i said it wasn't always that way Guess what keeps our relationship fresh yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> okay so okay. now we've hinted enough about this book let's actually talk about it okay so why did you how did you come across it or why did you choose to start it in the first place? So I actually, what happened was I, I think I was, that someone, I was looking up a different book, I think, to put on hold when I don't remember which one. And that this, you know, when you do, when you look a book up and then there's all books that are kind of similar to it. Mm-hmm. And I saw that and I thought, oh, that 
title looks kind of interesting. And so then I thought, well, I'll just, you know, it was available. That was the other thing. It was available. Oh, so I thought, gotcha. okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take a listen to this. And gotcha. then when it, they, he started, like when I started realizing what the book was about, it was very interesting, mm-hmm. very interesting. Mm-hmm. How would you describe the book? Like if you were going to tell someone, this is what this book is about. Mm-hmm. What would you, you know, like give it the 20 second pitch. I'd say that I think that this is a book that, that in a more condensed form that everybody should read, listen to, have a copy of, or avail- the availability to, to use to educate them better on the food products that you buy that you, so that you know whether or not you're actually getting what, what you are paying for. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm. The products they talk about are products that most people either eat all of them yeah. or they eat some of them. Yeah. And I, I don't know about you, and we're about the same way through the book, like I'm at 65%, you're like 70 or something, yeah. that I feel like there's a lot of things that I'm buying that I need to be more aware of yeah. because I'm being duped. Yeah. Especially things that I think that now I'm more willing to spend more money on right. than I was at one point because I do now know there is a difference. Things like olive oil. Mm-hmm different cheeses, Mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really, that's a good pitch, I think, because I think also in, in general terms, the book is really about the fact that in the United States, but I would, there were a few spots where Canada get, Canada gets a shout out for doing things right. Because he knows he was, he actually mentioned the guy that we just read the other two books about the Dorito effect and the other one. He did. He did. No. Do I have the Dorito effect on hold? And that's why I saw this book. That might oh, be what it is. That's probably the connection. That's it. Sorry. Put it together. Put yes. It but together. he does. He does. He he quotes Mark Schatzker in his book. For he sure. Does. For mm-hmm. sure. So, so, so Canada did get a couple of shout outs yeah. for doing, like doing some good things, but. Yes. We also, he also lumps us into some of the problem as well. And right. so pretty much exactly like what you've said, Sandy, the issue is that we are in our countries, we are selling, producing and selling a lot of foods under the name of something when it isn't actually that thing. Correct. Such as various cheeses, feta, roquefort, um, what are some, a Parma, right? Parma, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So that's the one, um, Japanese style beef. So like Kobe beef, Wagyu beef, that's yeah. another thing that's a big issue. Um, mm-hmm. especially for like periods of time when there was a, um, an international ban on the trading of this type of this particular meat from Japan mm-hmm. and restaurants were still selling it in North America as yeah. Kobe beef. And, but there was for a, like a four year stretch of time, you, you couldn't even get Kobe beef. <laughs> so I, 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 actually, I actually believe that still in the U S that there is, that it cannot, it's illegal to import it. It cannot be. So there's no one is buying a, you know, you might be buying what you think is Kobe beef, but you but are it's not getting yeah. Kobe beef. And champagne is another great yep. example. Mm-hmm. 
uh, olive oil was one of the chapters yes. that he talked about. So, so he goes through all these, I mean, the whole fish and seafood section oh. was, you know, this whole thing. So he goes through all these different food items mm -hmm. that come from a particular place Correct. that are produced in a particular way yeah. that cost a certain amount yeah. to produce and to purchase. Mm -hmm. And then all of the the fakes all over the place that are being sold. And, and mm -hmm. I think on one hand, like there's actually a, a few different issues with it because sometimes you are paying an, an arm and a leg for something because it has a name on it and it's not even that thing. Yes. So you're paying for, you're paying a huge price for something that you think is quality, but you're being given crap. Yep. Or you're paying for a product that you want, whether it's very expensive or not, but it's not that product at all. And sometimes it's um, a product that has been filled with water, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. you're, so you're paying, maybe you're paying for something based on weight, but half of the weight is water. And yes. so that's not fair. Or you're paying for something that you think is a certain item, but it has different chemicals or different things that have been added to it that aren't even healthy for your body. So that's a whole yeah. other way of being, you know, being tricked into something. Or mm -hmm. you're paying not very much money for a product and thinking that you're getting a steal on this product yeah. because it has this name and it has this price tag and you think like, wow, look at this great deal I'm getting. And the price tag is, or and the the product is clearly not what you're thinking mm -hmm. it is, right? So like, mm -hmm. there's all these different ways that that we are being tricked about the things that we're eating. Uh -huh. So yeah. I. I will tell you, however, although all of that stuff is really interesting to me, that's not my favorite part about the book. Okay. What is your favorite part about the book? I love all of the parts of the book when he, when it's a little bit like a memoir, because in each of the sections, okay. he talks about like his experiences going to those places or having these meals or trying this food for the first time. Or like he talks okay. about going with a friend of his, they were in Japan and they actually yeah. had like for real Kobe beef. Yes. And the, the friend, like, puts his napkin down and pushes his chair away and is like, that is bullshit. Because he's just, like, so impressed with how delicious this thing is. And yeah. that he's never had anything like it before. Like, all these all these little stories about him mm -hmm. having these foods, I'm just eating it up. Like, I find him a delightful person. And I don't even okay. know him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, can, I, I can get that. I get that. Yeah. I do get that because I, I also like that too, because For sure. it's not just things that he has researched, but his research is all actually taking him to these places mm -hmm. to experience those things too. And he and so started, that, cool. he started as a travel and food writer. Yeah. Right. So he comes to this like research type writing from a place where, he had been 
experiencing food and and ambiance and writing about that right so yeah. mm-hmm. i think that's some of it and and that part of his background does come through in the way that he talks like the way that he describes like there's a section in the in the first part of the book he's talking about parmesan cheese mm-hmm. and that parmesan that that the parmesan cheese that you know you buy in the store is not if if it's if it's, it's been wood. made if it's, yeah exactly he says it's wood if it's, if it's been made in somewhere in Canada it's not Parmesan cheese like the yeah. only actual Parmesan cheese that exists is cheese that has been made in Parma the city in Italy and it has you know all these different regulations yes. of how it's made and who can make it and how long mm-hmm. everything takes and but there's a spot where he's describing the cheese and like what it looks like and what it tastes like and and like I was just eating like it was like like I wanted to have a little slice of like he talks about like the crackle in the middle and I was like I want that I want a piece of the parmesan cheese (laughs) did what what amazed me about about parma was that everyone who lives in parma has some input into making either parma or they also um prosciutto i think that's also what was yes. made there yes right prosciutto yeah so so they their livelihood depends on keeping like the traditions going yeah and and so like the farmers like they say it's seven days a week when they're making cheese it's seven days a week because cows don't know it's like mm-hmm. I'm you're going on vacation or, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But that but that it's the law, like that's so they have such stringent rules around like what can be considered actual Parma cheese yeah. that the the cheese making has to begin no more than two hours after the milk comes from the cow. Now, can you imagine, like, when that takes a lot of coordination, I mean, there's a lot of logistical stuff that's yeah. happening to have cows on a schedule, you're on a schedule, like, the delivery, like, there's there's a lot of mis- uh, moving pieces mm-hmm. in that. But just in the length of time it takes to actually make the cheese, mm-hmm. it, was, it was fascinating. It was actually... I find that I find very interesting because you don't, and we've said this before, you don't yeah. really, like we go to a store, we buy something, but we don't think about the process to make it. Absolutely. The, the, all of the little details and tellings of how these foods are, are made and how these foods are come, like how these foods have come to be is yeah. so, so interesting. Yeah. But I mean, we, just on the weekend we had gone to a little cheese shop because I, I we were looking I was actually looking for feta cheese is what I was okay. looking for um anyways and we've never been in this store and so we went in and they had um red Lester Lester cheese and we've bought that cheese Costco even sells it okay, okay. it's like it's a very old cheese it's brittly it's very like it's a really it is a tasty cheese and so we saw it there but the cheese that you see you would almost think oh my god it doesn't even look like it's still good but that's actually 
how cheese looks, looks. when it's not processed. Yeah. Made yeah. pretty in this big factory and and whatever, right? Yeah. Um anyway, so we got some some different cheeses, but you you know the quality difference when you taste that cheese. Yeah. Compared to going to the grocery store and buying yeah. whatever cheese. Yeah. And and I think that for some of us, it's like, we think it's cheaper to buy it at the grocery store, but in the, re in reality, you don't need as much. Mm -hmm. It's actually not that much more expensive. And mm -hmm. if you, you have the ability to do that, mm -hmm. you know, you, you understand why the, ex the additional cost is there. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I found really interesting was that there are like Parma, uh, Kobe beef, there were a lot of foods that have um, countries have put like either tried to make agreements or treaties or things with different countries to regulate the, the use of calling something or producing something outside of that region mm -hmm. and calling it that. And I mean, he spoke a lot about the U.S. because, mm -hmm. um, you know, he he's American and, yeah. and, and well, that's where, you know, he's basing his research too. And that it seemed that time and time again, it was the U.S. that somehow found a way to skirt around it. Yeah. You know, by like agreeing to a treaty, but then not ratifying the treaty. Yeah. So that, I think that one was the champagne one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It was the Treaty of Versailles. I think it, I think that's what it was. And, and then, so then they can, then they trademark the name champagne. Right. So then that's why you see, you know, champagne infused this, champagne that. But champagne is actually the only place that you, uh, you, you, if you buy real champagne, it has been made in champagne. Champagne. Yeah. Yeah. In champagne. Yeah. Yeah. Also fascinating about how they make champagne and then it's fermented inside of the bottle. There's a double fermentation. Like they take the plug. What is uh, that? Honestly, and all of like. All, all of this food, all of this food talk was so, so exciting for me because it's stuff that you have no idea. It's stuff that I mean, maybe you do, but I don't. It's stuff that yeah. I don't know, and so so cool. Always with these things, it's it's such a you really get a sense that the people who are involved in the production of this food, yeah really take pride in the work that they do yeah, and in the product that they create. Mm -hmm. And it just, it really is like a complete opposite of more faster bulk. Cheap. You know, yeah. It, it's just the opposite of that whole mindset. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The one thing, so we've then, so we now we're going to move away because we've just done a little bit of champagne, a little bit of Parma, but olive oil. So what was nice to hear was that Canada actually took quite a strong stance on trying to eliminate the amount of counterfeit olive oil being imported into Canada, mm -hmm. and um, so that there there's quite an aggressive. Um, olive oil, like random testing done mm -hmm. with companies. And that they said in the first three years that the fake or mislabeled olive oil fell from 47% to 11%. I remember that. And so that just shows you that when there is some sort of regulation or structure or way to monitor that 
that it actually does help reduce. It isn't going to completely um, eliminate it, mm -hmm. but it sure makes it more difficult for people to try and sell you or the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Not just when there is a way to monitor it, but when the monitoring is actually happening. Yeah, true. That's right. right? Like yeah. when you know that there is actually someone randomly testing, mm -hmm. then you might be more concerned about making sure your product is what it is. Yeah. Now, you've heard the term, and you, I'm sure you've been somewhere and on the menu, it'll be like, you know, get a burger with truffle fries. <laughs> yeah. He he made a, a big deal about truffle oil. <laughs> He's very like, funny. Less, less than one of us will ever ever eat truffle oil. He says most of it's made in a lab. If you see it on a menu, run away. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting because at the beginning when I asked you to give a pitch of the book, you said yeah. that you said that you felt that this was a book that everyone should have access to in some sort of condensed form, right? Yeah. Not that everyone needs to read this whole book, but there are yeah pieces of the book that everyone needs to read and I will say that that is one of the things also that I've enjoyed about this book is that at the end of pretty much at the end of every chapter he gives you two things he gives you like a little summary of terms and label things like things on labels to look out for and things to remember yeah. and he also gives you a recipe yeah, <laughs> which is really quite cute. Like I quite yeah. like it, but but I think if you took all of the pages with the like, here are the terms you need to know, and here are the things to remember, and put them together in a little booklet, that's what everyone needs to read. Yeah, I, but I do believe that that would be illegal if one of us was to do that. Yes, I'm not <laughs> suggesting that we actually do it. It's a book about real or fake food, but we are going to steal his information. <laughs> I'm not suggesting that we actually do it. I'm uh, just saying that those are the parts of the book that everyone actually should read. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Can you imagine? Henny and Sandy's Guide to Fake Food. <laughs> because there's... He has a page. He has a page where he talks about the olive oil, and he's like, "If yeah. you see these words on the label, uh -huh. these mean nothing. Pure, virgin. You're like he has this yes. whole. He's like that means nothing. He's like pure legally means absolutely nothing on a food label. Yeah, wild, scary." Yeah. And for the cheeses, he says the same thing. He's like, if you are purchasing any of these cheeses, this cheese only comes from, like, he has a yeah. list. It's like, these cheeses only come from Italy. These cheeses only from France. These cheeses only from mm -hmm. uh, wherever. It, there was one cheese that only comes from Spain. One cheese that only comes from the UK. You yeah. know, he's like, if it says that it comes from every anywhere else, it's not that cheese. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he has the same thing for for fish and seafood as well. Yeah, the fish and seafood, we uh, like that. That that was just it makes I, I yeah. I, the one thing I took from that whole thing in there was mm -hmm. that often if people get sick after eating sushi, they blame it on the fish. But the thing is, is that it probably wasn't even fish that they ate. Mm -hmm. It was something that looked like fish. And very true, there are very few fish that when you go to buy, you don't even know which fish is what. It's on the inside. You're just getting the, the inside of the fish. It's white fish. Mm -hmm. 
what is it? I don't know. Is it Haddock? You know, is it grouper? Is it, I don't know. I don't even know anything. I mean, yeah. salmon, you can probably tell it's salmon, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he said, if, if you ever order red snapper, yeah. 100%, it's not red snapper. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. No crazy anyways okay the whole time so i'm i'm three quarters of the way through the book so i'm not quite finished but the entire time that i've been listening i i keep thinking to myself you know what what book this reminds me of no grocery the buying and selling yes it it has it's not the same no. Like it's they're very different topics, but yeah. they're both about food. They're both written by guys who love food and like yeah. Th- they're not like in the way that you a quote unquote foodie loves food. Like they're not about, no. you know, the hoity toity, the the you know, the fanciest no. thing. Like they genu they genuinely love things that taste yeah. real and and yeah. good and you know, genuine and, and, and that are flavorful and like, they love food, but they also love the processes around the food, right? Like in grocery, it was all about the groceries in the, like in, in the store and how they got there and how they keep them and how they sell them and how they organize them. And Mm -hmm. with the, and with this book, it's about the actual product and how it's made. But then yeah. they also both have the little snippets of their own lives and, you know, their connections yes. to, you know, how this food item makes them, you know, think of this part or of this, you know, member of their family or of this situation. Yeah. You know, they, they do have parallels that, yes. that I see and truly, truly delights. I really yeah. have just been, I loved mm-hmm. grocery and I'm really liking real food, fake food as well. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot that it that was a fantastic book though. Right? For, yes, grocery. Such a such a a surprise of a fantastic book. Like it sounds, it sounds so strange, and yet you know, know. wonderful. I so know. Here is a question I was going to ask you because one of the things that he starts out the book talking about, because this is something that is related to this idea of of why we believe foods to be what they actually are is because we have this obsession with like brand names. Mm. And Mm -hmm. so then what we end up doing is we use brand names to talk about all of those products. And so he said, the problem is that we, we start to think that all of those products are that brand name, but they aren't, you know? Yeah. Like Kleenex, like Coca, Coca-Cola. Yeah, yeah. So I was yes. thinking about that, like, are there instances where you're like, it doesn't matter to me if it's the brand name or not, but then there are some instances where you're like, oh, it has to be the brand name. Oh, ketchup has to be a brand name. Oh. Peanut butter has to be a brand name. Have mm-hmm. to have Heinz ketchup. Mm-hmm. Have to have Kraft peanut butter. Yeah, I would agree on both those accounts. Cheese, like, I mean, if I'm thinking if I was eating like a cheese slice, actually, no, what do they call them? An American, American slice. I think that's what it's called now. Or cheese product, no. uh, processed, processed cheese product. Yeah. 
And it's it's an it's an American. Don't they call it a an American, American single? Slice. Oh, single. That's an single. American single. A single. Yeah. Of course they do. Of course they do. Tim. It's American single. <laughs> Doesn't Tim come from the cheese state? No. What state does he come from? Ohio. Oh, what do they do there? Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely I just wanted to nothing. say that. that's that's why he moved to Spain. No. <laughs> All right. So, so yeah. So other brand name things. Yeah. Other brand name things. Hmm. Like I'm thinking, like even truly, like a tissue. Like I I do prefer yes. a, a, a. It doesn't have to be Kleenex. Like it could be yes. puffs. I'm okay with that. Yes. But but like yeah. a a no name tissue is not going to do it for my schnoz. Yeah. Yeah. So, and for that type of product, yes, it has to be a name brand one, whatever one's on sale. That, that, you, that, okay. we add that other level. We in. add that, that element. Okay. Yeah. I remember, um, my, my mom's best friend, she has two daughters and the, her daughters are maybe 10 years older than me, but I spent a fair amount of time with both of them when I was growing up. And one of them is a teacher. She also, she loves Diet Coke. And so I remember her telling me a story of the, the fact, you know, the story was that she always kept a case of Diet Coke, like in the fridge, in the staff room at school so that she could always have a Diet Coke at school. And instead of bringing one every day, she just had the case in the fridge. And so she, I remember her telling me that one time a colleague like came to her and said, like, I'm dying for a Diet Coke. Can I have one of yours? And I'll bring you, like, I'll bring you one to replace it. And she was like, yeah, no problem. And so anyway, so the colleague took the pop. And then the next day she, the colleague brought her a can of pop to replace it. And it mm. was like, rc cola light oh, or something no. <laughs> and she was like uh no <laughs> i'm gonna need a diet coke <laughs> and as a kid i remember thinking that story was so funny but i mean if someone if if i if you took a diet pepsi from me and then brought me like peace and cola i'd be like yeah. no thank you <laughs> yeah i mean if you brought me a diet coke I might be irritated, but like, it's fine. <laughs> so that's interesting because I actually in a restaurant, if I asked for like a Coke Zero or a Diet Coke somewhere else or whatever, and they were to say, oh, we have Pepsi. I actually like, mm, no, I'll have water. Thanks. See, and if I'm in, okay. So when I go to a restaurant, I always ask for a Diet Coke, but I don't actually mean a Diet Coke. I just mean a Diet yeah. Cola. Yeah. Um, and so if I say I want a Diet oh, Cola yeah. or a Diet Coke and they say, actually we have Pepsi, I always say even better. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they usually laugh <laughs> because I think they're more used to getting your response. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That one, that one makes a difference for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what other things for you then? I don't know. I was thinking about that too. Like, do I care if it's a brand name of things? But for a lot of things, I think I do, because it's like you said, when you have something that is quality, you can tell that it's quality. Like it's yeah. different. Yeah. 
you know, but, I mean, but there are other things like I'm thinking, you know, here's a perfect example, because there were a few things while we were while I was listening to the book that I was thinking about. Number one, I was thinking about the olive oil that's been in my cupboard for for longer than three months. OK, and he, yeah. And he's like, if it's been in the cupboard for longer than three months, he's like, throw it out. And I was like, oh, dear. He's like, it's always better to get two small bottles than to get a large bottle. And yeah. and I used to only get the small bottles. And the last time I bought olive oil, I got the large one because it was a better deal. Yeah. But now I'm thinking, oh, that was, you know, I shouldn't have done that. So, like, there are things that I'm thinking of. But I was also thinking about the feta cheese that is in my fridge. Yep. And I'm like, I wonder if it is even feta. Oh, but then, so now you're talking about brand names. Like, here's the thing. When I'm buying feta cheese, there are, like, four different brands in the grocery oh. store, and I just buy whatever is cheapest. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, yeah. Feta cheese, though, I mean, there is a difference, because I think you can use two different animals to make them, too, right? Like, I think there's goat, goat and sheep. Yes, I think you're right. But here's the thing. This is me in a grocery store buying a container of feta cheese. Yes. If I actually wanted real feta, what I need to do is go to a cheese shop. Yes. And get something real. And maybe yeah. that's what I should do. Yeah. So many, so many food things to consider. Yeah. Now, here's another thing. So this is something that I actually got off of Emmeline. Okay. Um, because when she opens a jar of something, she actually puts the date on it. So she, you know how long it's been open. Because oh. how, isn't that brilliant? Yes. Because how often do you go in and you're like, uh, I think I bought it. I don't know. When did I buy that? That's a great tip. A great, great tip. And something that is so easy to do. Mm -hmm. Like how, how difficult is it to take a permanent marker and write a date on a bottle? Yeah. So I started doing that, especially when it like once in a while, like Phil likes tartar sauce sometimes if I've done like a, like a baked fish, mm -hmm. but I have, I, buy, I have to buy it in Canada cause I can't get it here. And so, but he doesn't eat it that often. No. Yeah. And but so like how long do you. Based. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, I, like, now I've started doing things like that. Like, any of that kind of stuff. Like, ketchup, because we don't use a lot of ketchup. Yeah. And then, I mean, they have a long shelf life, but how long is it, how long should you keep it once you've opened it? How long should yeah. it be open? So, anyway, there's a good tip. That's your tip for the week. Last week was Ooh. beets. <laughs> yes. Last week was how to take the skin off a of beet. Yeah. And this week is how to keep track of... When you open bottles of things in my in fridge, your... I love. You could do I it for you, actually all for your oil cupboard. Would be another too. good one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah, I can tell you as I was listening. I don't remember now, but I did go into the cupboard because I was in the kitchen listening to the olive and pick my <laughs> olive oil thing up and be like, "Bastards!" Mine does say "product of Italy," but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's all. No, it's 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 shady. The whole thing is shady. The whole thing is shady. <laughs> <laughs> You if know. you if you love food the way that I love food, yeah. I think you would really like this book. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I agree. 
So, so I'm really glad that you came across it and that you sent it my way, Sandy. Well, my pleasure. It was good to be the person who was on the sending instead of just always being the receiving. <laughs> oh, that's not, that's not you when it comes to <laughs> podcast chatter. Well, it was wonderful as always speaking to you. I'm I you. I'm not sure what you're going to ask the people this week. Oh, I know what I'm asking the people this week. Okay. I'm doing a side-by-side Sandy Seymour and Jamie Lee Curtis. (laughs) (laughs) It's happening. Gosh. Well, let's see. Yeah, so funny. Okay, well, well, let's see who thinks and who doesn't. (laughs) Let's see. <laughs> See how that pans out. All right, uh, my my celebrity lookalike friend. All right, have a good one. Thank you. <laughs> See you later. Ciao.